Hi, Trey. Good Is morning. You... Oh, good, good evening. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, okay. Going good. I mean, I get to talk to you again, which is cool. Yep. You know, there's this this strange psychological phenomenon, like whenever I have a full day, right? It uh, and I can see it, like in my calendar, like tomorrow is going to be a full day, and then it's really stressful for for me to see that. But then when I actually look at the people I'm talking to, or it's not so bad. It's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. I feel pretty dark. Today I have a really full day and I'm like, eh, you got nothing to complain about, man. <laughs> For me, it's it's more like, uh, uh, um, especially Fridays, like it's kind of dorky, but I like try to, I, I go grocery shopping and clean the house inside of everything else. So it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to vacuum the rug. Okay. Back to the, back to the laptop. Okay. Now I got to change the bed. Okay. I'm going to go over there and so <laughs> everything's kind of funny on a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, <clears throat> I don't really remember where we stopped last time. Um, but I guess you, you sort of like have an idea. Um, well, I, I have an idea. I think it would be great to even go, go back like to before guitar craft, right? That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. And and then there's also like the part with uh, like the joy of molybdenum, like in your solo career, and also the uh, um, the uh, recording, like the repercussions of angelic behavior. We talked about that n not, I think, not much. But but, but anyway, like some yeah. of those yeah. things would yeah. be would be interesting, I think. But yeah. so um, so tell me, tell me, or tell us, tell me <laughs> about your um, your childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I can't, I mean, I can kind of remember my first inclination towards playing music. It was like from hearing somebody play piano. I was really young, like six or mm -hmm. six, maybe a violin or, you know, we, we used to listen to music. Um, And some of my earliest musical memories were um, uh, new, actually the New World Symphony, like really young, like three or something. Mm -hmm. and, and nobody in my family played music except for my grandfather. My mother's father played uh, lots of country, like old country, Hank Williams country and uh, 60s and 50s country. And he played the harmonica and the guitar. And that's that's, I guess that's where it started. So I wanted to, I wanted to play piano, you know, my, mm -hmm. my parents kind of conceded that, or, you know, they wanted to do it, but it was like, they didn't know, even know how to do it. You know, what you got to, if you want to play piano, you have to get a piano, right? Mm -hmm. There was nothing electric back then. Um, so that's kind of where it started. And then I started studying. Of course you had to study uh, classical piano. You know, so, and I guess. Um, so you started taking a lesson at that age, or yeah, seven maybe six, six or seven, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and just doing it was kind of it was it was cool, and it was also a little strange because you just at that age you just do whatever you're told to do, kind of. I mean, you know, and then you you play or you you dink around, but you're you're kind of. I wouldn't. I I, I can't. 
I don't think I got very exploratory for a few years. Like at first, it's just like, there's this giant thing and okay, you do this, you know, mm-hmm. and I guess probably I'm going to ask you on, in another session, but it's probably similar. Like we were pretty lucky to have been born where we were because uh, like I got exposed to Bach early on, but also the the microcosmos. We played through the whole, not the whole microcosmos, mm-hmm. but a lot of it. And it's pretty out there for a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing, yeah. nothing that you, you know, Bach and little Beethoven sonata, sonatinas and Mozart sonatinas, that's stuff that you would counter in the world. But Bartok, okay, you know, maybe now because of, of uh, television and film music, but in the sixties, you didn't really, you didn't come across major and minor tonality at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, wow, this is, this is freaky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that went on for a few years and then I got interested in the violin. So, so what, what do you remember about the teacher? You know, uh, almost nothing. Um, I had a couple of different teachers and I don't even know where they came from or why they went away and another one came, mm-hmm. you know, there was, there was a youngish, uh, teacher probably, um, in her twenties who lived like, like, like across the street from one of my schools. So I would leave, you know, with my little, my little book of Mozart and microcosmos <laughs> and walk over there. And I don't even remember, I don't remember doing anything. You know, I don't remember practicing. I remember the music, mm-hmm. um, but I don't remember. You know, I, I don't remember much interaction with the teacher. And then I had an older woman for a while. And then um, I do the thing that I do remember most. Actually, I found recently I used to go to these little competitions. I don't know how that happened. I think the teacher would get us to do like these. They would there there would be a. a Maybe it was a traveling thing. I don't know. There would be like these little p- piano competitions and you'd go and play your pieces. And I found my scorecards from like when I was in third and fourth grade and and, and the pieces that I played, you know, and, and it's quite a lot of pieces. Um, and I can remember after that, uh, I would go, um, I would have to miss a little bit of school. So everybody was like, oh, what are you doing? I was like going to piano contest I'm like whoa <laughs> what's that uh but i do remember becoming more because we listened to a lot of like pop music at the time so this would have been mid 60s so it was like simon and garfunkel and cat stevens and all this stuff and i got i got really interested in that and i remember getting uh my mom to buy me like a book of pop arrangements you know like the big note pop arrangements and i was really into some like some really stupid pop songs um and i wanted and and but i was afraid to say anything to my teacher about them because it was so obviously like a different world right and so my mom said something to her Mm -hmm. and and so she said well okay we'll bring in one of the pieces so (laughs) i brought in great embarrassing moment for her and, and I didn't know enough to be embarrassed uh, I brought in um, raindrops keep falling on my head mm-hmm. Do you know that song? Yeah. <laughs> you know and, and so I got it she was like okay and I got it out and 
I played it for her and she made a, and she really made a pretty strong effort to figure out how to help me play it better mm -hmm. for about like 37 seconds. And then she couldn't come up with anything. And we just kind of, we both kind of quietly just pretended that it didn't happen. And we closed that book and got out the box book and just pretended that it never happened. <laughs> And, and kind of, you know, at that point, I think, I think I was kind of being taught like, um, these, these worlds don't meet like you, you're going to, if you want to do that, you go over here and do that. And now you're going to go in and, 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 uh, you know, you kind of learn that there's a, a separation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, which of course now doesn't exist at all, you know, and that's kind of, that was kind of, I, I suppose that was the battle of, um, a lot of my musical life for many years, you know, uh, I, you know, whole, I, whole rock thing. And, and I mean, it, it wasn't even rock yet. It was just, it was pop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but you know, the separation that doesn't really, doesn't really exist in reality. It just exists in people who, uh, yeah. 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 In this case teach. Right. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, like in um, a podcast that I just released, I said something pretty offensive about classical musicians. I said, said they can't play. Uh, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I, I guess that's not a general statement, but um, um, it's interesting that sort of it seems to be like, I don't know, like I, I only ever since I'm on this planet, right, people seem to really need to belong to a certain group or a certain belief. It doesn't have to be religion, right? It can be something like classical music or like, I only know what I know and I don't want to know anything else. And this is, it's interesting. I, because like, um, I can't remember if that really happened to me in the same way. I think it didn't. I sort of, maybe no, I sort world, of assumed. World, yeah. yeah. I mean, the world's, the world was is was changing you know be, mm -hmm. because like like going further and and i don't want to skip over my teenage years because there's some awesome shit in there but like going into college like i i studied music in college you know mm -hmm. i have a degree in college mm -hmm. uh, and and so i've been through that world and i went through that world when it was pretty much kind of it was changing but it was still the old world which was um, you know, you could, we would let jazz guitar, like you could get one credit. You could, we could, we would give it a little nod, you know, mm -hmm. classical guitar, we would give it more of a nod, but there's just not enough of you guys around it. You can't make a living as classical guitarists anyway. And, you know, there's a few really good ones, but, you know, but, but that was it, you know? And so for me, and I still, we both still see it obviously, because we're talking about it, uh, to me, I don't know if it just comes from academia, but you know, you can't really be a classical musician without studying like a motherfucker. I, I, I think you know, you, certainly to to be accepted in the profession and yeah. and and play stylistically correctly. Uh, but for me, it's all about it's all about judgment. It's all about being in the hierarchy, and and uh, I'm above you. That's pretty much what it is. Probably, the, yeah. The bad side, you know, because even when I went into college, mid eight, early eighties, um, 
world music was just having such a battle to be accepted. I mean, there wasn't even quite world music, but like there was, you know, depending on where you wanted to study, like you had to kind of prove the legitimacy of these, all these kinds of music to, to, to have them be culturally valid. Of course, you know, there's cultures where part of the culture that's not, it's the exact opposite. Like, classical musicians i mean you can't say that they they're not great players and you can't say that the music is some of it's not amazing but you could also say it's like you know it's like court court music from the 17th century like what the fuck right (laughs) you know i i i think there's something about um um concrete versus abstract um, that kind of like lives in those worlds, like where the classical music is very concrete, right? You would you would practice your your technique, learning the pieces, right? So it's it's something. So so you you're building on a foundation of concrete knowledge or traditional knowledge, you could say, right? Right. right. right? Test, tested. Tested. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And 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 so that might, may kind of like create a completely different mindset. And then if you take pop music like Raindrops, right, like there, which yeah. is a nice song, it even has some cool changes in it, right. So, yeah. uh, um, but there, there, it's more abstract. You sort of like have to, sort of have to come up with your own emotional interpretation of what you what you're supposed to think about it, right. Yeah, Where with yeah. the classical music, even that seems to be almost like pre—it's already selected. Yeah, it's already there. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what it really was—that clash, yeah. right? And and also, you know, uh, this has changed now because classical musicians didn't, um, for the most part, didn't write music or improvise, mm-hmm. and now that's now that's changed. So it was a world of of. Uh, um, you're putting this thing onto you as opposed to what can I make, you know? Um, and, and, and that's, that's, that's the pop thing, you know? That, that, so that was a, that was a funny, that was a funny lesson. And, and, uh, you know, I think it was, a. um, Hey, uh, Hey, what, what do you think in terms of like your, uh, um, how aware, self-aware and aware of the world were you at that age? I mean, were you able to really kind of like, did you, did that conflict that you encountered there, did that actually process as something like, I think you already answered the question, but did that pro, did that process as something that really changed you? Do you think uh, that did you register the importance of that? Oh, I, 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 I definitely did. I mean, I got the message, which is um, you only sh- say or show certain things to certain people. That's the message. Right, okay. You know this. This. It's kind of sad, know, right? At that age. Pretty, pretty sad. <laughs> yeah, pretty sad. But you know, like, 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 we only have this kind of. Con- we only talk about this kind of thing with this person. Yeah, yeah, and sure. This person, this thing is okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, that that uh, I really don't think the world is quite like that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, at least you know it's so 
it's so mixed up. It felt it felt so radical at the time when I was in university to be playing in a punk rock band and studying Stravinsky. Now, <laughs> who gives a shit? Like, yeah, everybody should be doing that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then there was violin, you said. So the, I, I played violin for a little bit. I was not very good. I wasn't that into it. I, I, I think what it was for me was I was, I just loved the sound of the string, the bowed instrument. Mm -hmm. And I thought, um, you know, I thought, yeah, I want to do that. So I, so for like, a, I played piano for like five years and then I, I, I uh, played the violin and this poor guy, you know, there was a guy from this, you know, we had, where I lived in San Antonio, it was a pretty, in, in Texas, at, it's not so now, but at the time, it was pretty isolated from the, the world, and there wasn't there wasn't a music scene. Even when I was um, up through high school, you couldn't play uh, in bars if you played your own music. Nobody wanted to hear that. Mm -hmm. So it was a pretty uh, uh, pretty desolate landscape. But we had a symphony, and my mom found this uh, older gentleman. Who old? He, he seemed like he was about ninety, but he's probably like my age now. <laughs> And he like agreed to take me on. We we kind of did a little audition or something weirdly, even though I couldn't play the violin or I don't know. He just wanted to know if I, I probably if I could read music, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which I could do okay. And then uh, he sh he you know kind of taught me. And the thing is, he never he never showed me how to tune the violin, so I never tuned it. <laughs> and one time I can remember. I hadn't even practiced for like a week or two and I saw him and he, he, he got, I got out the violin or he picked up my violin and, and he was so distraught and disgusted with how out of tune my violin was. Like, it was like one of the notes was like a whole step off or something. And I, I was like, I, I didn't even know what to say, you know, like he was kind of, he was pissed. He was that kind of disgusted. Like, um, I don't know. You know, I picture him, I don't even know if he was American, but I picture like, you know, like Yasha Heifetz yelling at you or something, you know? Uh, and I was like, I don't, I don't even know if I could express to him that I didn't even know how, how to tune it. He never showed me. I didn't know what the notes were. I just knew like, if it was in tune here, here are the notes. Um, anyway, it sounded horrible. It, it was, I think even that might even, that was tough for my parents. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of let that go. And then, uh, I don't know if I played study piano again after that, um, maybe for a couple of years. Um, but then that's when I got into, got an electric bass and everything changed. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, but the, the, the keyboard being your first instrument must still be sort of like, still, I don't know, but still be present in how you, uh, yeah. how you visualize. Yeah, right. it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's very yeah, hard to get rid of. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I, I kind of have gone. I, I mean, there were many years I didn't touch decades. I didn't touch a keyboard. But now mm -hmm. now I have a piano, as you know, and I don't play it a lot, but I still think uh, uh, I still see it. And I think it and I go back and forth about um, trying to not see it and see it and uh, yeah. But I, I know I know it pretty well, and I, you know I'm not a great sight reader, but I'm I'm okay. I'm a, I'm a better sight reader than I am a player. So like um, one of the things I really actually enjoying is just just sight reading or just playing through old classical pieces and not even trying to get all the notes, just seeing what's in there. You know. Yeah. 
yeah. like Chopin. I love playing Chopin, but there's no way I can play all that. So I just get what I can and find the chords and snoop around. Mm-hmm. 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 Piano is really great. I mean, it's kind of the opposite of our instrument. Not total opposite, but the piano always sounds good when you play it, right? You always get a good note. And there's only one middle C, which is so refreshing from our instruments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the uh, electric bass, how, yeah, did that, yeah. how did that come about? And It came uh, about, yeah. How, it old, came how about, old were you? How old um, were you? Probably 14, something like that. Um, I know I couldn't drive. Uh, Basically, there were some friends. I had some friends at school who had a band. They were putting a band together, right? For At the time, it sounded so serious. But of course, they were just fucking 14-year-olds wanting to make a lot of noise. And uh, I was kind of interested in the guitar. Um, I can't remember if I had an acoustic guitar or not already. Um, but anyway, I, I, I would play people's guitars when I would see them and stuff. And these, there was like a drummer and two guitar players. And they were like, what we really need is a bass player. And I was like, I want to, I want to be the bass player. <laughs> um, so I got my folks to get me a Fender. It was like a three-quarter style, three-quarter size. I don't know if it was a Mustang or a Music Master or something, three-quarter style bass. And uh, we started playing. And it was just instant awesomeness. I mean, guitar is pretty cool, but man, plugging in the bass and the and and the drums and and so um we played it seems like we played a lot and we got quite good pretty quickly i was really lucky to have uh uh the drummer that i played with his name's john keating really talented guy and um i was really lucky and and i many times i've looked back and said man i'm so glad that i played with somebody who had such a great feel and such a great time so early on because it, it just makes you just take that impression right and the 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 thing that was so awesome about the, the thing that was so awesome about the whole and and we we ended, ended up forming a band here i'll tell you that in a second but the thing that was so awesome about the way we played was that it was totally playful so john and i had this rapport as the bass and drums as well, we didn't really give a shit what the guitar players were doing at all. I mean, we were just going to do our thing and you guys can survive. But John and I had this rapport of he's going to do some weird fill to throw me off and I'm going to do some weird shit to throw him off. And that was the core. That was is the ex- complete opposite of what you kind of want your rhythm section to be. And that's what we did. We had this dueling like battle underneath all the music that we played we'd be playing like beatles songs or rolling stone songs or we played a lot of jeff beck and um i mean we just explored everything and there was a lot of funk at the time so we played a lot of funk even though we were skinny little white guys and john and i were always trying to throw each other off and it was so awesome (laughs) it was so awesome and one of the things i'll just tell you one little story my poor mother used to suffer us because i would like i would tell the guys that they could come over and rehearse at my house but I wouldn't tell her until like late Friday night that they were coming over on Saturday. And we would just, we would just play for like six hours straight, you know, seven, eight hours. And we would, 
we would play, you know, we actually, one of the first pieces we played was like this funk tune that we wrote called Preservation. And then we kind of learned the guitar players were quite good. And I'm in touch with one of the guys, two of the guys still um, really musical, really into um, Beatles, but also like Alice Cooper and Mott the Hoople and really interesting, more, more unusual stuff. And um, we would, we would fight with each other and we would literally we would play and just get ourselves so wound up that somebody would just jump on somebody and then we would start wrestling and then we would get back and play. And I can remember one time the, the four of us, like we were just making such pandemonium and like somebody jumped on somebody. And then the four of us like literally rumbled out the room, down the stairs into the yard and we're just rumbling. And it, that, it's just what we did. I don't. I don't really understand. It was just like so much, so much energy, so much of that energy. You know, the yeah. music, so much energy, and it's loud. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So we had a band called Regent, King Lords of Rock and Roll, <laughs> and we played cover tunes and some some uh, some originals, but not not so much. Yeah, and we were all over the map. We didn't even care. There was no singular vision at all. It was just like. Let's do this song. Let's do this song. Let's play Jeff Beck. Let's play, uh, I don't know, Stevie Wonder, whatever. Yeah. And that went on for like a couple of years or was that? Um, yeah, a couple of years, a couple of years. It's kind of, um, um, yeah, then we started to get, some of us started to get a little more serious. We could never get John that serious. You know, there was this, at, at, I don't know what it's like to be a young musician anymore, but the idea of making it, just doesn't seem to exist at all anymore. I don't, I don't know if young people think, Oh, let's make it. But at the time there was like this possible, there was this possibility of make it right. Mm -hmm. And, and we could never get the drummer on board for that. John just didn't, he just didn't want to be, a, he just didn't want to be a professional musician at all. Uh, the drummer. And um, so there was always this struggle with, could we get John to come to a gig? And, and we had another project. Uh, I started, when kind of the new wave scene came in, uh, early punk rock, I had a band with some of the same guys um, called Q, Q-U-E-U-E. And we did, we were doing more like Police and Joe Jackson and Iggy Pop and Blondie and stuff like that. And uh, we were always trying to get John to be our drummer. And um, he, uh, he just didn't want to, he just didn't want to do it. So how, how was the relationship with your family at that point? Pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a certain way, they were pretty supportive, but, um, you know, there was this, uh, uh, this just obsession with, uh, the music. I mean, I was, I was quite a good student in school, uh, but I think it just, they didn't, they didn't really understand. And it, it, um, You know, I, I, these blinders would just go on, I think, in terms of, of, of playing music. And uh, that probably drove them crazy or maybe thought there was something wrong with me. I don't, I don't really know, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
I can tell you, let me tell you one story about having the blinders on because it came up when yeah. I was talking to Julia last week. We, uh, so at one point, my buddy, my same buddy, John, and then this other guitar player, Chris, who's one of the few guys I grew up with, who's still uh, a working musician and mm-hmm. has, has a studio in, in, in Texas. We signed up to, and we weren't even out of high school. We were maybe 17, but I know we could drive. We signed up to be in this battle of the bands and in South Texas, there was, uh, it was just a real hard rock scene. So there was like, uh, Rush and Thin Lizzy. And we didn't have like, um, when I talked to people who grew up on the East coast, like it's, it was a kind of a totally different kind of music. They were listening to Genesis and, and, and all these kind of European bands. And we were like, I don't know, into this black Sabbath and like heavy, dark rock. Uh, and so we signed up for this battle of the bands and that was in this giant kind of warehouse place. And when we got there, we, we knew we didn't have, we knew we didn't have the kind of gear to compete with like the older, bigger musicians. So we went and rented this little PA stupidest PA. I, I don't even know what it was. It was like a, um, this weird nine, nine little speakers in like kind of a hexagram shape that these little, like a, some, like you'd have for a wedding reception or something. And that was the PA that we had. And I had a bass amp and Chris had a guitar. Amp. John had drums, no mics. And we showed up at the battle of the bands and it was this giant warehouse where there wasn't a singular stage. They just had all the bands set up in a giant circle. And we got there with our little amps and these guys had like triple Marshall stacks, huge PAs, double kick drums with mics on all the kick drums. A couple of the bands even had brought in like lighting rigs and they had, we didn't have a sound man. You know, we, all we had was like one microphone, our little things. And and we're like, holy shit. And, but we knew we were good. But we're like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're, we're, uh, shit, you know? So we're like, okay. So we started calling people to see if we could borrow some guitar amps or other amps. So we found somebody who would lend me a bass amp. So then I would have like two little bass amps. And then we couldn't find a guitar amp for, for Chris. And we tried to call our buddy Andy, who, um, had played with us sometimes because he had one of those, uh, I can't remember what it was. He, he had that Yamaha amp. And we're like, maybe we can borrow Andy's amp. And then Andy didn't answer. And we thought, maybe let's go to his house. Maybe he's there or something. We went to his house and there was nobody there. We knew they were out of town or something. And so <laughs> we broke into Andy's house and borrowed his amp. <laughs> and I think the back door was open. Uh, we went in and we saw in the kitchen, like the amp there was, he had like a little poodle or something. The amp was set in the, the doorway of the kitchen to keep the poodle from escaping to the rest of the house. So we thought, oh, we're just going to borrow the amp. We'll bring it back right after the battle ends. We pulled the amp out. We moved the couch so that it would block the dog from escaping. Mm-hmm. And then we borrowed the amp. We went and played the battle of the band. You know, people said we were good. We didn't win. We didn't have like lights and fire and explosions and all that. And then we're loading out and John runs over and says, oh man, you guys are in so much trouble. We're like, what? He's like, Andy's parents, Andy was at the coast and he came back 
and they called the FBI and their finger, they fingerprinted the whole house and they're looking for the burglars. <laughs> and they're like, holy shit, what do we do? He's like, you got to take the ant back. And he had told, John had told him that we took it. And I was like, John, what the hell's wrong with you? So Chris and I took the ant back. Andy was really mad at us. And I thought, even I thought at the time, I was like, man, don't you get it? Like, battle of the bands, man. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely fine. <laughs> and his dad was really pissed. And I thought, man, you know, we're going to go to jail or I don't know what. So his dad, his dad made Chris and I come to a, a meeting at his office the next morning. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I didn't really think it through at all. I thought I should have thought if he's having us come to his office, he's not going to turn us into the police or anything. Anyway, we got to the office and his dad, you know, wanted to explain to us how bad of a thing this was and all that. And, and I couldn't, I was like, but it was the, battle. <laughs> it's the battle of the bands. Like, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> you, you should have seen the other amps. And I'm trying, I'm trying to explain to him. And eventually Chris, and, and I, I even said like, didn't you notice how the amp had been blocking the doorway? And then we moved the couch to protect the dog. And we like, mm-hmm amp is fine and everything and chris started kicking me under the tables like dude and i just could not let it go i would just like had to explain to this guy why we we had no choice we had to take the amp (laughs) so uh, i think that uh, i don't know that kind of that explains explains how serious a musician you are (laughs) Uh, yeah 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 and and the, the 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 uh the single-mindedness to the point of being completely blind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, and uh, and so um, that was even before high school, right? You said uh, that was in high school. That was it. That that was yeah. in high. Okay, okay. And um, so then, point, I, at that point, I realized I really wanted to learn about what I learn about music, like really learn, like. It, it was it was kind of against the, the grain because we were in this kind of whole punk rock scene now at this point. And, um, you know, that um, is about not knowing, right? Like mm-hmm. it, at the time it was the, this kind of uh, joyful, explosive, angsty ignorance. Like I'm not going to learn what I'm doing. And, and mm-hmm. I just thought, I thought that was pretty stupid. Like you could still do that, but... Um, you know, I, the, the, the thing that I remember telling myself is if you wanted to be a writer, you would want to learn about grammar. That doesn't, doesn't make sense not to. So I, I really wanted to study more and, um, I couldn't figure out like how to go to college or like, I, I, you know, I was kind of isolated down in Texas, but it turned out there was a guitar school that was just opening up there by, uh, run by this jazz guitarist, Jackie King, who, um, super over-the-top jazz guitarist who ended up uh, playing with Willie Nelson for 20 years, this Texas swing thing. And so I, I stayed in Texas and, and studied at that school for a year. And that was pretty wild because I had never met, I didn't really know jazz or like it, and I had never met anybody who did. But he, you know, Jackie was going to, he kind of pitched this uh, overall approach to guitar, jazz, classical 
rock studio. He'd been a studio musician for years and years. And, and uh, I was like, man, right in my backyard, I got I to gotta check it out. And so I, I, I went there and it was a kind of a year long conservatory kind of a part halftime kind of a thing. And, um, and I met these guys who were my age, who just loved jazz and they could, they could play these jazz standards. And I, I was just amazed. Like, where did you come from? And like, you live in Texas too. And where did you, where did you come across this music? And what, what would occur? What, what made you want to play Stella by Starlight while I'm playing E.E. Pop? Like how, how did, I still don't even quite understand it actually, you know, how as a young person, but there, the, the, I guess the craftsmanship and the, the whatnot. And so um, I worked in this really small school for a while and was exposed to a lot of music. And um, Jackie had ridiculous, ridiculous ears. His ears were so, beyond that we could, he, he, he almost couldn't even um, transmit it to us. Just the, the hard, deep jazz, like hard bop, serious, serious bebop and reharmonization. And so I, I got, I, but I got exposed to a lot of stuff. And then after that, I, um, and I was kind of a quirk there, you know, I did okay. I found some of my papers, you know, he was pretty harsh. Like I got some C's and stuff, but uh, we did some cool stuff. We, we, uh, we, he, he, he got us writing music, which was really cool, you know, which was, you know, that, that's, um, that never happened in the classical world. Right. You, you, but there he would, he would have me writing exercises and reharmonizing and, and, um, arranging like a little Bach fugue for the guitar and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you um, at that point already kind of like study four-part harmony or something, or did that come later? You know, uh, no, not not in the traditional way. You know, mm -hmm. not like not like a, a species counterpoint. You mean like the, that kind of thing? Yeah, mm -hmm. No, we didn't really do that. He was more. I mean, he kind of maybe gave a nod to it a little bit, but it was more. Uh, it was more practical if you want to be like if you wanted to be, and, and a couple of the guys that that were in the school there like went to Las Vegas or went on, you know, worked on a cruise ship. It was more, um, it was really more of a, um, what do you call it? Like a, a te technical school kind yeah. of, kind of mm -hmm. thing, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, which in, in that sense, it was really, really cool. In another sense, it, some of it just went so far over my head and wasn't the vocabulary for me. And it was also, um, I learned uh, an intellectual approach to jazz improvisation, mm -hmm. um, which I can still access, but it's not, it's not real. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's theoretical. I do. I, I, do. I do know what yeah, you mean. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a fault of, of, of Jackie or the school. It's just kind of how it was how it was presented and how i received it you know yeah, it and was, it's, it's and it's it still present it's still presented like that by most yeah teachers. yeah yeah and the, the 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 vocabulary is so foreign to me that's kind of the only way i could get it was intellectually so i guess what you're saying is that you really weren't exposed to much jazz as a kid um the other the other kids you met you know probably had their parents listen to jazz and that's how yeah they, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, te Texas swing to a degree, but um, uh, 
but it was that's a different thing it's like the 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 you know you have the the notes and the structure of the music and then you have the kind of thing that you pour into it the thing that you pour into texas swing is very different than jazz standards and yeah. pour into jazz standards um, i can appreciate it now but I, more as a craftsman than than i really love the music yeah okay but then then you figured out how to get into college yeah then i then i decided i i, I really wanted to 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 know more and and uh and i wanted i needed to leave texas i needed to leave mm -hmm. texas mm -hmm. so that's when i moved up to oregon and i went to school in oregon and it was uh it wasn't my total plan to stay up there i really wanted to go to california um but the schools that i went to california they were just kind of cold and not so inviting and i really wanted to study i really wanted to study electronic music and there was like a two-year waiting list and, and when i went up to oregon there was a giant moog 3 sitting in this room just vacant and nobody was touching it and i could go i could get right in there like right in the beginning so I was like, I got to go up there and do that. So that's kind of where I got exposed to uh, just all sorts of just being out of Texas on the on the coast, different universe. Oregon's just an amazing place. And uh, the school there was um, not super, super rigorous academy. So I, I was able to you know, if you if you had gone to Juilliard or Oberlin or something, they would have just beat you with four-part harmony and ear training and you wouldn't been able to do anything but that but i was able to to kind of be in some punk rock bands and 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 have bands kind of at the same time and i worked in a little studio there on and off and uh study i ended up studying composition composition because i didn't want to study performance it didn't that didn't make any sense to me i was never going to play that well Uh, classical music and, and seemed like a waste of uh, waste of time. So I, I, I studied composition, which was great, and also a little bit like studying jazz too. It was so yeah. You'll get a, you'll get a kick out of this. Maybe we talked about this before. I don't know, but I remember that the I you don't go you don't get into the composition program for like a year or two, and then you get assigned a teacher, and it's a one to one thing, and when I first had my first meeting with my first teacher that summer, I had just discovered Steve Reich and Philip Glass and music, music for 18 musicians. And, uh, it just, blew, that just blew my head open. Mm -hmm. And I went into our first meeting and I said, uh, man, I just discovered this amazing shit. And he was like, Oh yeah, that wheel music. Yeah. We're not going to do that. <laughs> I was like, okay. Same experiences with, with my, my piano teacher. And so I was like, man, that sucks. Okay. So what I decided to do, and, and then my first uh, lesson, uh, he, he gave me, a, it's a really, really great practice, you know, make a, make a four bar phrase and then make another four bar phrase and come back tomorrow, you know, and, and uh, you know, I knew it was the 20th century. So, I knew that much, but there was like, at some point I had a certain chord and it's like, Oh, minor seventh chord. Yeah. Kind of like, we don't do that. We don't do that here. 
<laughs> even though the music was fairly abstract, is at some point there was a minor seven chord. And maybe, you know, in hindsight, if we both listen to it now, I'm like, yeah, maybe that's not the right chord there. But it didn't matter that it was that minor seventh chord. Yeah, that's kind of, we don't do that. So I was like, oh, shit. Okay. So what I decided to do was like, okay, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to learn from these characters, I'm going to make a list of all the shit that they're telling me that I'm not supposed to do. So I keep track of it. And so I made a little list of like, okay, we don't do like, the, because it's just this whole stylistic thing. It's just, it's, it's, it's a mix of like personal bias and also like this academic hierarchy thing of like, I'm above you. And so I know that you're not supposed to do this kind of thing. Some of it was that, but also like one of my teachers really didn't like very specifically when you had a bunch of it, 16th notes and then you had a couple of triplets he hated that mm -hmm. so i made a note like okay for him i don't do that okay but well, i'm gonna keep track <laughs> i'm gonna keep track of that so it was this kind of weird it was this kind of weird learning um i mean i feel like i would have done so much better studying with uh nadia boulanger and just being told to just write like bach or something you know like Okay, I know it's a game. Let's just really play a rigorous game. This was this game of like trying to manage their personalities. And uh, it was, it was weird. It was weird. You, you make me make me say something offensive again. Oh, um, go for it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, since I like most of the story that you're telling me is I, I also experienced similar things. And Pretty early on, I understood, I think I understood, actually because of having met Robert Fripp, really, um, that the people who work as teachers are sort of failed musicians. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I think I, it's understandable. It happens, right? Like, and And so you have a certain level of frustration. And so that means that it becomes even like more important that you kind of like identify with a specific style or group or whatever in order to keep sane, to keep your sanity. Like you kind of like you have to embrace something. That's uh, safe. safe. Yes, exactly, exactly. And that's and that's like like one of my teachers. I played him something. He said, "Oh, the drummer doesn't groove" or stuff like like shit like that, right? right. Like right. stupid stupid things and. And yeah, but I pretty pretty early on I understood it's just a personal statement. It's not it's not something that I should take as, uh, you know, like generally accepted, uh, right, right, opinion, right, 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 right. right. Yeah, yeah, for me, it was the, the the hard. I guess the hardest thing for me was if we're playing a game, just tell me what the rules are, and then I can play the game. Whereas I felt like I was having to figure out the rules of the game while I was playing the game. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what it would have been like to actually be able to explore uh, musical elements that were really interesting to me and have support for that. And, and um, I, I don't even, I have no idea what that would have, would have been like. But, you know, uh, I, I, I was lucky to have a couple, a couple or even three great, great teachers in my life. I think it, it just makes all the difference. Right? It's interesting too. I was, you know, when you first were saying that you had a similar thing, it, it occurred to me, 
Um, I wonder if it would even have been worse having been in Europe, but I bet it actually would have been better because in America, we're trying to pretend that we're connected to this old European school. And mm -hmm. it, it's kind of ridiculous, you know, it, it, whereas you might have actually been more in touch with the, and, and you can explain to me, but it, 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 there's a chance that you actually would have been more connected to the living part, whereas I was more connected to the dead part. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, in a, in a way, in a way, that's true because um, in my uh, childhood, there were only like three TV programs. Well, not programs, channels, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so it was the first channel, second channel, and the third channel was a local channel. And so the, the the state in Germany that I grew up in was the state where Cologne is, Köln, which had the, the studio for electronic music with Stockhausen oh. and stuff. So oh. that's why, like sometimes... Oh, was that where he was? Yeah. So, oh. and, 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 that, and that's why I, I was like sometimes, like maybe when I was able to stay up like at uh, nine at night or something, right? Like I was hearing some contemporary classical uh, electronic <laughs> music, right right and, ah. and so and so that was that was sort of like present so that was sort of like a normal thing for me right um and and that's why um being in music school where there were like these then you know and I'm, you know being offensive again but a little bit like these wannabe musicians that and i'm, I'm really i'm you know in a way if i look i'm, I'm really hurt by some of the things they said, right? Uh, not 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 anymore. But thinking back, it was really hurtful. And um, and but I always had this foundation of knowing what is out there, mm. and that there is there's a much wider field to explore. And uh, like I said, I had a couple of great teachers who encouraged me to write. I was in a, a guitar orchestra, um, acoustic guitar orchestra, and I was encouraged to write for that orchestra. So I wrote a piece with like. 12 parts and stuff like that. And it's, it's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we survived, I guess we could. No, it, I mean, I have to say, couldn't, couldn't have been better. Like I, you know, I, I have like an amazing amount of experience and knowledge and it's, it's all the, you know, the result of the, of the, also of the shit I went through. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. I, I guess like, I mean, what, like uh, I find it fascinating that you actually uh, decided that you wanted to, that you were actually going to play the game. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I would have, well, I would have. Yeah. I felt like, um, yeah. I mean, sometimes I wonder like what would have happened if I had just left and moved to LA and got and joined a rock band, I probably would be, I, I probably would have been a lot more successful earlier on probably. Uh, but I felt like there was, um, I felt like there was just information and experience in that there that I didn't want to shut myself off to. And, and I, you know, I would have to, um, I was going to have to work extra hard to figure out what it was, you know, and, and it wasn't just the classical world, but like world music was just starting to explode too. And, and that was really interesting to me. And I just felt like, um, to get, to get access to the stuff you, you, you needed to play some games because it wasn't set up, you know, that wasn't set up to, to, 
just give you what you wanted. In fact, several of my professors were even, I can remember now saying to me on several occasions, like, what are you doing here? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I felt like also if I got far enough along, I wanted to just get, I just wanted to get the degree because it would, it would but feel what like did, Do you know what they meant? Not entirely, but I think, you know, the thing is, the thing about the school where I went, um, at University of Oregon has its biggest uh, department in the music school is music education. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that is, is because, uh, or, or was, I don't know if it's the case anymore, was that um, Oregon was a very forward, and is a very forward thinking state in that, um, uh, they mandated as a state that every school had a music education program. Mm -hmm. So high school, middle school, elementary school, music was part of their program and, mm -hmm. and, and end of story. We believe this is important. So the, they needed a lot of music teachers and that was the main thing there. And I think probably, you know, they were saying like, you're, you're, you're not really one of us. Like you're not going to go out to Eastern Oregon and teach choir. Mm -hmm. what, the, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, so they kind of, it was kind of like, <clears throat> that was the core of the program. And then they kind of gave a nod to everything else, you know, and, 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 and I think to my advantage, um, you know, the composition program only had like 11 students. Mm -hmm. um, so there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of, there was a lot of freedom in the curriculum to just kind of do what you wanted to, to explore with, as long as you got the core stuff, you know. Uh, so yeah. this, this, despite the, the uh, beginning of the relationship with that composition teacher, um, how do you do you think it was was kind of like good for you overall yeah yeah it was good it was good for me because um you were you were forced to write so i mean you you can't go wrong if you're just writing a bunch of stuff um mm -hmm. you know and, and when it when it when i got to my senior recital there's some there's some pretty okay stuff in there and i was forced to do a lot of stuff and i was forced to forced i wasn't forced but um um, I was challenged and there was a lot of freedom once I kind of figured out like <laughs> um, the game of, of, of you know, it, it didn't have to be like, we didn't write 12 tone, it didn't have to be completely atonal, but it, it, it had to be, there was kind of a style that was acceptable and you could you could kind of veer melodically as long as it was um, dissonant enough. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and I do remember, I do remember uh, very specifically, there was a certain period of like a couple of months um, where I got so comfortable um, using kind of all the note, all the pitches, like not being bound into a certain kind of tonality or, or something using all the pitches that I couldn't even hear like why this one or that one, you know, like, like I'm going up to this note 
I could use any of the notes in there to get up there. And I couldn't even, there was even a point, like I couldn't really even decide like which one was the good one, you know? And I really couldn't figure out like, should it be or be, be a B or B flat? I really have no idea. I can't even hear the difference between them. Uh, so, you know, that ex the exposure and just really just being like you saying, being exposed to so many different sounds and count sound combinations is great, you know, and then of course doing, um, you know, you wouldn't even do it now, but I had to do all the scores by hand and all the parts by hand, which took months, took which, months. which I never, which I never did. I, yeah. Like like my first composition was already using notator on uh, Atari yeah. ST. Or it was so it was so close. Actually, it was so close. Um, I kept going down to the computer lab to, uh, to 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 see if they had see if they had done the uh, see if they had done you know notation yet. But uh, but no, I had to do it all by hand. And look, here's my here's my scherzo. Oh, look at that. look at that handwriting! Oh, I can I can't do that now. It's beautiful. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so are you um, are you aware of the lineage of the composition teacher? Um, there were three guys. Uh, there was Monty Tubb. <laughs> and I don't know him, but I, I, I remember having a meeting with him. I didn't quite get on with him that well. He was, he was an interesting guy, but I didn't quite resonate with him as much. He, but I do remember the day I came in for a lesson and he had just found um, uh, a piece by Astro Piazzolla. He didn't know Piazzolla. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is really interesting. And it's, he was almost kind of um uh, when I think about it, he was, uh, he was, I think he was moved by the music mm -hmm. and also impressed, uh, that it was sophisticated and modern because that kind of music shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And he was, and he was kind of expressing that to, to he was sharing that. And I, I thought, well, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Of course now, like, yeah, he's always a fucking monster but he was the, like he was the kind of music that shouldn't have been accepted there mm -hmm. uh uh the second guy hal owen hal's not around anymore but um hal was great he was he was kind of my favorite teacher little guy couldn't his bottle his his glasses were so thick like when he we we'd, he'd make us like we had a little class uh, as well and he'd have us write fugues and you know you put your you put your piece on the piano or he'd like mm -hmm. like this and his ear was so good he didn't he didn't need to play anything on the piano you know he was great mm -hmm. uh, and then the last guy i was i was going to study with Derek Healy i think his name british super super resentful of um obviously grew up in the british system and now was had a little office in the basement here and didn't um didn't like being there it was composition wasn't taken seriously there was it was just a it was just a job and he actually talked me into or we discussed um i brought in some pieces and some ideas and 
he was like, you should study orchestration. I was like, great, let's just do that. So he had, a, he had me go through this really cool orchestration book um, that was uh, a really great way to learn, which was you'd get, uh, you'd be given, a, I know this is super technical, but it was cool. You'd, get, you'd be given a piano reduction of a, a phrase, a, 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 like a line or two, and then it would say uh, WC mm-hmm. and, the, or, and, and, and the instruments. Mm-hmm. And then you would orchestrate it. And then you'd show up and he'd pull out the real score and then you'd look at it. And that's all we did for the whole year. That's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it, it was really great. I loved yeah. I, Actually, that I really loved because, um, you know, it wasn't composition. So nobody was judging you, but you, but you, but, but you were, it was really uh, skillful and technical and you never got what they did. Like it, it never matched up, mm-hmm. you know? And, and then you would talk about, he, he was so knowledgeable that that was really cool. Like why, why would the oboe be up here instead of the flute and how, you know, what the effect of that was. And I, you know, I never got that great at it, but it was, it was cool to be exposed to that. And, 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 and uh, I have like uber respect for these, these orchestrator guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you got your degree. I got my degree. Yeah. And actually what, what happened was um, it took me, it actually took five years to get all the credits, uh, but I did my recital in the fourth year. And so I was pretty much done, but I had to make up like extra college stuff and then a, a couple of music classes. And in that, that's the, in that year was actually where I went, met Robert on, and went to the first guitar craft course. So I was really, I felt really fortunate that I had kind of, even though I was still in school, I had done the senior recital and I'd finished the bulk of the work. And then, uh, cause I don't know what I would have, I don't know how I would have finished the senior recital if I had already bumped into guitar craft, it probably would have just wiped that. It would have been really hard to go to, to keep that thread going. So while you were, um, in Oregon, did you, did you have a rock band? Uh, yes. Punishment farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Punishment farm. And we were even more like seriously punk punky and, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Did, did you meet those guys there at school or? Uh, I did. Funny enough, I met, I, I moved into the dorms and I was, um, I mean, I was out of my world. I had driven my tiny little car from Texas, like four days up to Oregon. I didn't know a single person. Mm-hmm. And I pulled into the dorms and everybody was all um, pretty. I mean, first of all, everyone's ext- not only are there more, I mean, in, in South Texas, I grew up around, obviously I'm white, but there's lots of uh, Mexican and Spanish and Hispanic culture. Get up to Oregon, there's pretty much only white people and they're seriously white. <laughs> and so I'm in the dorms and it's like, man, everybody looks the same and everything's like, oh, it's pretty squeaky clean here. And I'm sitting in my dorm room the second day and somebody moves in next door and I hear um, Devo and Iggy Pop. And I was like, I just went over and knocked on the door. And I remember my friend Bill there, he said, 
we were just sitting here listening to music and suddenly there's this big Texan guy going, was that Iggy pop? <laughs> and so Bill ended up being our, our singer in punishment farm. And then I, I met some, some guys there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And still in touch with a, a lot of them. And that was, that was a great scene. I mean, and, and on the West coast in the eighties, there was just this, Black flag, circle jerks, X, the whole mm-hmm. like uh, West Coast LA punk rock scene. They were just all going up and down the coast all the time, and so we saw all these bands. And and uh, you know the thing about that music, it's just it's just uh, it's attitude, it's attitude first, and then the notes, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and energy. It, it, so that was. Um, it was cool. And it's the, you know, it's the opposite of technical and then the musical come kind of a thing. It's the totally, you know, we're starting, we're starting with the attitude and then let's find, you know, let's, let's just grab a note and turn it up. Yeah. So, and, and really the, um, you know, live music versus recorded music is also like, especially in the eighties, I think was, uh, there was a big divide, right? Like the, the recordings in the eighties didn't really sound that great. Yeah, I would say was, in general. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then getting to see like one of those bands live is like, is like something completely different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty yeah. tame. It's actually pretty tame when you listen to some of the recordings of yeah. the shows that I saw, it's like, Oh, they're just kind of, you know, the sex pistols, their music is really slow. When you listen to it on record, it's like, Holy shit. It's so, it's very slow and you know it's pretty except for the singer it's pretty it's pretty tameish so yeah um yeah i mean so discipline right was uh same time same time right yeah 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 so pretty much right then right then Right then, so that was that was so the year it was released, or uh, I moved to Oregon, uh, you know, with that record just it just just come out. Oh, okay, okay, uh, okay. I don't know, was it eighty or eighty one? Eighty one. Yeah, eighty one's when I moved there. So, yeah, so that's where I mean I landed in Oregon with. Um, uh, for I, I mean, for me, well, I, there's a few records, but that one. Talking Heads Remain in Light mm-hmm. a little earlier. And then uh, uh, Mahavishnu, Visions of the Emerald Beyond. That and Discipline for me were the, 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 the Muso records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And funny enough, the, the, the punk rock scene hated that shit. And the jazz musicians hated Discipline. Yes. Hated it. They hated it. They hated the, I think they just hated the feel of the 16th notes right from the beginning. At least what I, I thought, well, what I heard. What, what is it about the 16th notes? Is it any <laughs> idea? Well, there's no, high, high there's no, well, there's no swing at all. There's no swing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's machine gun as opposed to, I don't know. Like, I never, I never understood. Like, it's just like two completely different things. I mean, why? Yeah, so um, interesting. Like, like so, so that phase of your life really was like a big um, clash of of the worlds, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, uh, none of the none of the worlds uh, exactly met at all. You know, there mm -hmm. was and and the world music. You know, I was interested in Indian music and not quite African yet, but um, but all those worlds. You know, in other parts of the world, and I think they did maybe start meshing, but it was pretty much, I feel like that time period in the world, pretty, probably much the 80s, you know, was where all this stuff started to, to come together and start to mm -hmm. accept each other, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and it's really just, it's, um, it's really just um, being willing to, to, experience something out of your experience on its own terms that's all it is you know without yeah. trying to bring your your thing to it it's like what's let its thing come to me and and you know thankfully i i think we're we're, we're in a different world now yeah it's 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 still a mystery to me why it's so important to bring your own thing to things like that was I never I never I never thought that way. It's really it's really I find it interesting. Like, but but maybe yeah, that's that's very much related to what we we're saying about music teachers as well, right? Classic well, and music. I I feel like we uh, you know, and I don't know what's cultural from where I grew up, or just what's in our culture, or what's what's natural in an unevolved human being, but the idea that you're it's somehow mature to be able to judge something and mm -hmm. be able to say that's bad and that's good mm -hmm. that somehow was like a virtue that of grow of, of becoming mature and growing up and mm -hmm. that's how i saw it as a kid you know and and, mm -hmm. and then with uh, the smarter people they were able they were this was somehow a maturity of discernment that that's shit and this is gold and that mm -hmm. whole thing is complete it's complete bullshit. Everything's mm -hmm. old, basically. You know, if you if you if you if you come to it from its terms, everything has its own value, and and music's just music. There's not it's not better or worse, really. No. no, no. So that so the the next step, or as you said, there was a little bit of overlap um, with you know, the, your first guitar craft experience there, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And do you remember how you found out about the course? Uh, you know, the, I don't know if I've told you this story, maybe I've told you, I, I don't know. But the, the, the thing that I, I was getting frustrated with uh, the whole thing of studying music, like, how do you, how do you, how you get good at it is this patchwork of influences that you're trying to put yourself under and i thought man if if this was 300 years ago you would just go to the you you'd find who was the best at it and go to them and i was like man i should do i should do that did i ever tell you this uh i think you meant you I, did. I, yes I, yes I should, I should do that so i was like okay i'm going to make a list of all the musicians i think that are great and um i'm gonna I'm going to contact them or I'm going to figure out like who, uh, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to pretend this 300 years ago. I mean, that is not, that is not the way the world worked then. Now it kind of does, but at the time, you know, everyone's inaccessible mm -hmm. and there's all this mystery and you don't, you know, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. 
so I, I made a list of like 30 musicians that I thought were great from Peter Gabriel to David Bowie to, uh, to, to Nick Laughlin to, um, to Fripp to everybody. And when I went down the list, I was like, Robert seemed the only, Robert seemed like the only one that you could actually learn something from. Like, yeah, you could get, you could, I could go, I could go to David Bowie and like throw myself at him and, and, or Peter Gabriel, but I didn't feel like they would be able to really tell me anything. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure you could osmosis something from them, but Robert always seemed like somebody, he could tell you something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I made that list. And then like four weeks later, I saw the ad in Downbeat that he was teaching. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I don't even need to think about this. I'm just going. And uh, yeah. Was that like one of the one of the very first courses? It was the third course. Third. Mm -hmm. So it was the like I think he did like six in a row, like either you know six weeks or over eight weeks. So it was just a couple of weeks into the very beginning of it. Okay, and it was yeah. a, was a one week course or five days or something like that? five five and a half five and five and four sevenths days or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it was the very beginning of guitar craft where Robert was still kind of like trying to find, you yeah. know, it was yeah. largely improvised, I guess, then in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I heard even, I, I got the impression that even on the first two courses, it was, he was trying stuff that he just immediately abandoned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so even I probably got to, it was maybe even a little more, I don't know if it was more organized or not, who knows, but it definitely seemed like it was um, on the cutting edge of the needle, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that. It, I, actually, it did feel like it at the time because I mean, we knew that he, we were going to, we, we were all using this new tuning and he hadn't even, he didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I also spoke with with Tony Jabal, and oh, okay. uh, and he was kind of like talking about the same time period, and then it was really funny with Tony somehow for me, like that he had he had been in Turkey and like learned about all these intricacies and like all these details, and then coming into guitar craft, like especially you know the early years where things were like so reduced to just okay just play the d string like you know <laughs> down strokes for three hours right like that kind of thing. and I, I i found that to be like really fascinating and but i you know as you know i'm i i uh, i know about the power of that work you know it's and it's i think it's extremely it's it's wonderful and it's kind of uh, it's kind of it's it's different different really really very different approach to music that can't really be put into the worlds of rock or pop or classical, or it's something more universal. It's just about yeah. that, that one unmodulated note, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to ex explain it. Although, you know, the, the, I do feel like, um, I feel like if I were to really uh, philosophize about it, I feel like we're moving into I kind of I, I think of it as like the age of the craftsman like mm -hmm. we're we're witnessing this 
in our life. Mm -hmm. uh, that probably wasn't, maybe it just started when we were born, but it's like a, a big thing. And, and, and so I think it's going to make a lot more sense to people in a hundred years, uh, yeah. pure, pure craftsmanship. And that's, that's what guitar craft was. And of course I see it all over the place now, uh, um, aspects of this, but, um, yeah, this, this idea of just playing one note and, and doing it well and doing it slow and doing it well is, uh, um, I mean, it's the opposite of attacking, uh, uh, a piece of Bach, like when I was a kid. Yes, yes. Although I'm going to be sending you, Marcus, this Isaac Stern masterclass I've been watching online. Holy mm -hmm. shit, it's really awesome. Okay. And it's yeah. it's a cool bridge between this. And of course, he's older now, so he's in the new world. Mm -hmm. But he came from the old world, and fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I guess I guess let's let's stop here, right? This is sort yeah. of like, uh, um, but any, you know maybe like one last thought here. So so guitar craft really really spoke to you in a way, right? It really, or was, was that, that from the very beginning, or was that something that took you a while to absorb after that first course? Uh, well, or was it immediate? It definitely took a while to no no it was absolute immediacy absolute okay. immediacy the the you know and the 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 thing that was so shocking which doesn't seem so shocking now but at the time everything that i had kind of studied or learned about music up to that point and super exemplified when i was at university was the composer is the creator of the music the composer thinks up the music and and which is such a weird thing because we're studying music and really nobody's a composer except for like 11 of us out of this whole school of 500 mm -hmm. uh, and with guitar craft it was very clear the the composer is not the creator of the music it, it, it was like there's just totally different like a, there's an active dynamic uh with this unknown thing and that was really um uh you know, that was a, a brainwash and I had to come back and kind of recover from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, you know, that's, that's a Western that's, that's uh, I grew up in the Western essentially academic tradition. You, 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 you wouldn't think that if you grew up in West Africa or in India, yes. yeah. <laughs> you know, now we have now we have all those worlds mixed together so yeah so it was pretty it was pretty immediate i mean the first note that we played in the group you know robert had us um i don't even know what what happens now but i think you were once supposed to touch your instrument for two weeks before mm -hmm. yeah. so your your first note in the new tuning after two weeks in this context was like Whoa, the sound in the room and the feeling is like, whoa, that's a note. I could go, I could go home now. <laughs> okay, great Trey. Let's um let's continue next week, right? Sounds good. <laughs> uh awesome.
yeah, it was a pleasure. Great, 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 um, great stories. And I'm, I'm looking forward to more. Yeah. All right, dude. Okay. Bye, bye for now. Yeah. You too. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Cheers.